Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive producer. Thank you guys for coming in and starting your weekend with us. And we sure do appreciate your listenership and your continued support. And definitely want to give a a shout out to Mortgage Investors Group for supporting this show. And uh, we are just excited to continue on with our series. We're actually continuing today with our Home Ownership Matters series. And we have Jesse Lynn with Mortgage Investors Group uh, here on site live with you. And we'll be talking to him in just one moment. But before we do so, I do want to also go ahead and give you guys how to plug in with us. You can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash The Housing Hour, and also our Twitter handle, which is at The Housing Hour. Um, and then, of course, we're on Pinterest <laughs> and LinkedIn and all of the social networking platforms. You're as the well. media guru. No, I wouldn't call myself that. But we are plugged in because that's how people communicate these days. So we're there. And also want to um, encourage people, like we had told you guys last week, to go to uh, Mortgage Investors Group's new mobile website that I think um, is great. It's really a very user-friendly site, and it allows you to explore our regular full site without actually having to pinch and zoom, and you can get to everything that you can with the full site right there at the palm of your hands. And the great thing about it is if you're out working with an agent and you find a home, it's just one or two clicks away to contact with your favorite loan officer or to find a loan officer in the area you're looking. Absolutely. That's a very good point. So encourage you guys to do that as well. And we've also linked up just so you guys have access to it. If you want to contact the the housing hour, you can absolutely um, go to the blog section of our site And right there, you have um, a little section where you can click on the housing hour. So hopefully that'll help you as well. And you can learn about the types of loans that we offer. You can learn more about Mortgage Investors Group and how we got to where we are and who we are and who our leaders are and things of that nature. So definitely share that with your friends and family. And I tell you, I posted that on Facebook and we had so many people give positive feedback and everybody liked the post and, and gave encouraging feedback. And, and so we appreciate all of that support. So with uh, talking about the leaders of Mortgage Investors Group, we do have Jesse in. He's our executive vice president of operations. Um, he is definitely one big reason that MIG has got to the point where it is. Um, and he, you know, we've had him on the show before, so he's a regular. He's one of our experts that we bring on. And um, having somebody like Jesse, who has been in the industry for a long time, Mark, and he has obviously shown his commitment to not only raising the bar, but helping you to get to that point. So I know that you work with him a lot and just talk with him about rates and what's going on in the market. And when we thought about that, we first person we thought of was Jesse. Well, and the, and the backside of the business is probably one of the most important parts. I can bring in business all day long, but if we can't get it out the back door, right. it's no good. That's so exactly that's what right. Jesse does is sets policy and procedures and teaches us how to get this uh, fluid motion so we can get a file to, as they say, perfected to an investor so we can uh, everybody be happy, right? That sounds great. I love it. Yeah. And Mark, your all's files are always perfect, right? Well, they're perfect. So, you know, but um, (laughs) approaching perfect. (laughs) Approaching perfect. Exactly. So, Jesse, thanks for coming in and joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Definitely. No doubt. And, you know, the environment that we're in right now, it seems like rates have stayed low. And certainly we saw them up and down. They've kind of, you know, went went in different directions. But, you know, with the fact that the rates are so low, what what do you think is going to happen in the near future? I know you don't have a crystal ball, but there's so many things going on. You know, what is kind of your interpretation of, of all of the data? Well, what's happening right now, um, unfortunately, we're seeing a little bit of slowdown back in the economy. We came out, started off the year with, uh, you know, some very nice economic numbers. It looked like growth was going to take hold. And, uh, and growth is one of those things that you wanted to feed off of itself and and create this uh, uh, contagion, if you will, and uh, you know, and expand and feed off of itself. Uh, but we but we are seeing some uh, some slowdown in some numbers. The 
the jobs report uh, this month wasn't that great. The the uh, home builders are maybe slowing down a little bit. Uh, new home sales are, uh, have, you know, have they're still improving, but improving at a, at a lower rate. And uh, and those things are, well, they're factors that are going to probably contribute to a low rate environment for a while because the Federal Reserve is going to keep, you know, the gas foot on the gas. Yeah, they're going to keep their foot on the gas. And what we're seeing right now, Jesse, is we're, we're getting a lot of agents that are very active in their marketplace. We're getting a lot of co- consumers calling their office and getting prequalifications. You see it in the numbers. Uh, the originations are still strong. Uh, people are buying homes. So are we isolated in Knoxville in the surrounding market? Uh, are we atypical of the rest of the country? I think in a lot of ways we are. We didn't suffer the worst brunt of, uh, you know, of the economic uh, downturn. Uh, but at the same time, uh, markets across the nation are, are, are really are heating up as far as purchase business goes. So in some of those hardest hit areas, I know that California has seen uh, a lot of price appreciation, and that means that there's a lot of buyers out there that are bidding prices back up. Yeah. So there are some healthy things that are going on. It's just that it's not as robust as uh, as everybody would like to see right now, so it's not. This isn't a doom and gloom, but it's. It feels like it's a slow, steady grind as opposed to an explosive. Uh, expansionary type. And, and Kevin, we had Tyler Fogarty on a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I keep on going back to that because Tyler spoke about this bidding war, and you just mentioned uh, some of the inventory getting bidded up because there's a low amount of inventory out there as far as clean quality listings and a lot of buyers out there that are interested in buying good homes right now because rates are low, values are, are low. But um, what's what's going on with the bidding war across the country? What are some of your colleagues across the board uh, saying about this? Are they seeing the same things? Absolutely. Now, some markets more so than others, uh, but it is it's it could get to the point where it's actually a seller's market in some of these areas. And, it's uh, sounding like a seller's market. It is market. sounding like a seller's market. I've, I know colleagues that have uh, actually been looking for housing, and if they don't get a uh, a bid in, you know, that same day when the, when a listing goes off, they may miss out. So so things are heating up pretty good. The in, trajectory in of like the home values, it seems like that's been one of the biggest pluses in the environment that we're in. Which, which would be why you could have a seller's market, obviously. Sellers see that homes are, are stabilizing and they feel like that their home is really now being able to sell for what it's worth. One of the things that we've talked about with a lot of our guests, Jesse, is the lack of inventory that's out there in the homes, you know, the quality inventory. Now, what do you think would happen? And this is a hypothetical, I, I realize, but what goes down must go up as far as interest rates go. When rates do go up, because we have to let people know that, hey, they, at some point, these rates will move slightly up. I mean, they're not going to stay below three forever. Um, although I feel like I've been saying that for a while now. <laughs> but once they do start to move, um, do you think that that will enhance people's um, desire to get off the fence? Or do you think that will send them back into oh my goodness, I got to wait and sit around and wait? Because I think that's an important question. Sure. No, absolutely. I think that uh, it will help get some people off of the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, the larger picture, though, is that if interest rates are going up, it's actually going to be a good sign mm-hmm. because the economy continues to recover uh, and the Fed feels like they can you know, they can back out of the equation and, and let rates naturally go up because they are artificially low. They do need to go up a little bit, but they're they're keeping them low to help stimulate economic uh, recovery. And part of that is housing. Housing mm-hmm. is very, very important to the American economy. So by keeping rates low and keeping mortgage rates low, they're trying to stimulate buying activity. But as that takes hold, and if we can get this uh, uh, explosive type expansion going, mm. that should be a good signal because right. people will hopefully be 401ks more employed. are going up. Yeah, and- 401ks will be going up. People will be becoming uh, employed or having job choices. Right now, we mm. have uh, some folks that are underemployed. That means that they're not doing the job that maybe their skill set uh, you know, would be best suited to their skill set, but they're doing what they have to to make buy. If if we get the kind of explosion that we needed out of out of the job growth, well, people are going to have job choices, and then they can make job changes, and hopefully that will feed into uh, what, what you're talking about and continue to feed the housing market. So I would say that 
it shouldn't have a huge impact if it works out the way that we want. But the uh, interest rates are so low, and but it seems like the bonds keep on the mortgage-backed securities. People are, continue to buy mortgage-backed securities overseas money, I guess, is the majority of where the money's coming from. I don't know. And, and the and, Fed. And the Fed's buying $65 million or $85 million a month. Is that correct? Yeah, or is it, correct. Okay. And so, um, so with all that going on— it, you know, three months down the road, are we still going to see this low interest rate environment? Six months down the road, do we see it pop up? What's yeah, where are rates going to be in six? Months? Yeah, we you got <laughs> we got to nail you on this. Very good. Uh, my best forecast, being that my crystal ball is a little foggy, yeah. uh, would indicate there we're going to be in a very similar type of a situation for rates in in three months, and then possibly even for six months. It it very much depends on what happens with the economy, but. Right now, I don't see the type of growth taking place that allows the Fed to get out of the picture. We're really not seeing any what I would call real inflation uh, that would also put upward pressure on rates. So I would think we're going to be in a very, very similar type of an environment. Now, it could go up or down an eighth or a quarter, but I'm not, I don't think those are huge moves. And I was seeing in the New York Times, there was an article written, and I can't remember, and I wasn't going to quote it too much, but there was a philosophy in the in the New York Times st- stating that the the guidelines from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that have come out recently in the last couple of three years are really putting a foot on the back of the neck of the housing industry. And uh, we've seen a pickup in the business. What's your take on that? Do you think the guidelines have been appropriate? Have they been too much? Or is this... Uh, where are we going with this? Well, that's that's a great question. There's always that that pendulum type of a, a scenario, and and I think that there's no doubt that the pendulum swung too far to the loose set of guidelines, and so then it has to have this correction. Now, are the guidelines too tight? Are they stifling uh, the housing market? My my opinion is is probably not. It's probably pretty important that we verify people's income and that we and that we take a good look at <laughs> you pick that aspect yeah of yeah it. i think <laughs> i think that that's pretty helpful so i think the ability to repay debt is an important component now maybe splitting a lot of hairs and exactly how we do that and how we prove it maybe that's where the pendulum has swung too far to that that conservative side of it but i think that uh i think that in general to have a good healthy uh long-term growth in the housing industry. We don't really want to see these huge boom and bust markets. We want to see steady growth. And I think that a lot of the credit uh, criteria that was recently put into place is actually very helpful for that long-term growth. It creates a little short-term pain, but it's great for long-term growth. So I want to come back to the interest rates for just a second, because I think it's important when people are deciding on whether they are going to buy then they're going to want to look at a couple of factors. And one of the factors is home prices. And then another important factor is interest rates. So when people are out there, and we may have to get on this on the other side of the break, but I'll frame it and then we can come back to it. Um, when people are determining you know, what size of home they want to buy and all those other things, they're going to want to know what their payment is. And so, of course, Mortgage Investors Group can help you determine what your payment would be. Um, but when you look over history, Jesse, and this is where we'll come when we come out from the other side of the break, and you you can pair where the prime rate is, which is, I guess, what the banks uh, lend to one another, the rate, and then what the 30-year fixed rate is, they've always, it seems, kind of followed, not exactly, but very similar paths. So when you think about back in 1980, late 80s, uh, 1980 rather, um, when 30-year fixed money hit around 18.5%, and that was when the prime rate when my poor father was building homes, was at about 21%. So then if you if you looked at a graph, which I am looking at, and you see what happened after that, the interest rates, although they went up and down over the last 30 plus years, they've went down, down, down. So why don't we talk when we get back about what that really means to our larger kind of economy and what people need to know, I think, then you can help explain it, is that when they say, hey, rates have went up, you know, the Fed meets or rates have went down, that doesn't mean that the interest rates have necessarily changed. So we'll talk about that on the other side of this break. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, a tremendous topic because this is this is the hot button topics that people want to know about. And we're here to help you understand it. And we are the experts in the industry that can help direct you in all of your home buying needs. We'll be right back after these messages. 
Hey, I'm Kevin Ray, host of the Housing Hour. Please join me and my co-host Mark Griffith every Saturday from 8 to 9 as we bring you the latest news from the housing market. And be sure to check out our website, thehousinghour.com, for great resources on housing-related issues and links to our archived shows. So join me, Kevin Ray, and Mark Griffith each week as we tackle issues of home ownership. The Housing Hour is a locally produced show presented by Mortgage Investors Group. The Housing Hour, Saturdays from 8 to 9, right here on WOKI. Hi, I'm Brantley Rivers with Acme Block and Brick. Is your backyard ready for the warm weather? The flowers are blooming, the beds are mulched, and the shrubs are trimmed. But is there something missing that you just can't seem to put your finger on? Well, at Acme Block and Brick, our family-owned business has been helping families just like yours since 1942 get the full potential out of their yards by using our hardscape design. We carry high-quality brick and stone products such as Pine Hall, Belden, and Belgard products. And Acme Block and Brick has the professional staff that has the experience to take your backyard and turn it into the outdoor living space of your dreams. Our helpful staff will also listen to your concerns, work with your budget, and provide the right ideas that will enhance your yard's full potential. So come visit one of our three locations in Kingston, Crossville, and Alcoa, or check us out online at acmeblockandbrick.com. Enhance your curb appeal and see what a little stone can do for you. See what a little stone can do. Acme Block and Brick. The Spring Sales Blowout Event is going on now at Buddy Greg RVs and Motorhomes. Buddy Greg offers the best selection and price in town with no sales pressure. You'll see savings like a 2013 Cyclone Toy Hauler fifth wheel for just $59,975. And a 2013 North Country Travel Trailer for just $26,887. And a 2013 Cruise Light Travel Trailer for just $7,990. Don't miss the Spring Sales Blowout Event going on now at Buddy Greg RVs and Motorhomes off Campbell Station. Buddy Greg RVs and Motorhomes. For family memories begin. Home ownership matters and Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you with all your home financing needs. Whether it's a purchase or refinance, our federally licensed loan officers are ready to help you sort through all the mortgage loan options. So call us today, 800-489-8910 or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Great. Where is this going to come from? There's no way. How am I going to pay my mortgage? First, I'd lose my job. And now, I'm about to lose my house. What happened to the American dream? There's got to be something I can do. There is. Keep My Tennessee Home has U.S. funds for struggling Tennessee homeowners. Visit Keep My Tennessee Home at keepmytnhome.org and see if you qualify today. He wakes up. Okay, admit it. You started to sing the song, and you may have downloaded the ringtone. But the real fun begins when you go to SweetJack.com and sign up. It's free, easy, and in seconds you can join the 2 million people who love SweetJack. The SweetJack team finds the hottest local deals exclusively for SweetJack members. Your favorite restaurants, shops, and salons all partner with SweetJack to bring you great experiences at great prices. Sign up today and get an extra 10% off. SweetJack.com This is Halloran, Monday morning. Her defense was, I couldn't have done it. I'm a racist. And do you want cameras on every corner for backup? We'll talk about it at 5.30 Monday. The Halloran Hilton Hill Morning Show. Bring your own brain. Think out loud. Have some fun. News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues. Helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back to the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive producer. And don't forget, guys, you can go to thehousinghour.com. This series is going to be under, this show is going to be under the series Home Ownership Matters. And you can dial that in and share that with friends or family. If you know somebody that's buying a home in the near future, maybe, and you need them to know kind of what the um, possible outcome is of the interest rate short and long term, 
um, share this show with them. It's it's just a helpful thing. It's a local show, and we are here to try to promote um, Mortgage Investors Group, certainly, but we also know that you need the information, and that's our sponsor, so they're the number one, but we also want to make sure that you guys are armed with the information, and that's really the key here. In the Home Ownership Matters series, right there, it's our featured series when you go to thehousinghour.com, and we have lots of uh, interesting um, shows in there. And the Protect Your Family, I've just, I love that series. And I'm sharing that all the time with friends and family. Um, and I think it's just a great opportunity to give back to them and, and show them that, you know, hey, here's some information that could be helpful to you. So real quick, before we move on, I do need to tell you guys about um, a great sponsor of ours. And um, you guys need to know about them. It's uh, Admiral Title. Admiral Title has been around for eight years now, and they do real estate closings. And they take you and your customer, if you're a realtor or lender, um, from A to Z through the closing and help you to make sure that you understand all of the legal paperwork and understand the title and how that all works within the scope of purchasing a home or refinancing. And you know what? I believe strongly in what they're doing over there. Phyllis Burnett, who was the person who started that company, worked at MIG for 16 years and she knows how to do things. And so she is an expert in that industry. And I just trust those folks very much. Um, give them an opportunity to work with you. If you are a realtor or a lender and you're looking to develop a relationship with somebody that you can trust, then I would give them a call. It's Admiral Title 865-531-6060. In addition, if you are someone that's just, you know, purchasing a home, maybe you're paying cash, then they can absolutely help you as well. So give them a call, 865-531-6060. So we're back talking to Jesse, Jesse Lynn. He is our executive vice president of operations. Um, he wears many hats. Um, one of those hats is an Auburn tiger hat as well. Or Eagle. That's right. And boy, they're in some trouble right now, aren't they? <laughs> well, we'll hopefully not. Okay. We got an alibi for everything. <laughs> exactly. So we went to break and we were talking about, first of all, um, Man, Jesse, when I look at this chart, it's unbelievable how what rates have done since then. Tell me why. I mean, just give me kind of a uh, layman's term or a rates for idiots, I guess. Why has the why have the rates went down so darn low? Well, if you're looking at the chart that you've got, it goes back into the '70s, and there was a, a huge uh, spike in inflation in the 1970s, and uh, and so that's where interest rates got into those double digit Titan Folkers pumped them up, right? Wasn't well, it? he let the he did crank the rates up, and the reason mm -hmm. he needed to do that was to try to get the inflation under control. So he let the market go back and do its and do its things. And sometimes markets equalizing, uh, getting to equilibrium mm -hmm. is painful, and that was one of those painful times. But once he got that worked out, then the recovery was able to take place, and uh, and things started to normalize again. And then one of the Fed's uh, mandates is to try to keep inflation under under taps. Right. So Volcker, you know, Volcker is a pretty brilliant mind, and he had a again, it was a little bit painful, but he had a good plan on how to get that thing back in line. So um, and it spiked down. I mean, when he did, I mean, it, you could see the trajectory of right. inflation, and it all worked. It seemed to. It seemed to, and then so the other uh, Fed presidents have have also worked to try to keep inflation under taps so that we don't get into that same type of a scenario. We were in, in the 70s. And then, uh, you know, some would call it uh, manipulating the marketplace. And I would say that that's probably a fair term. Uh, but it, but it, the goal is being to try to keep inflation under check. So far, it seems to have worked. And explain to everybody why inflation is so bad uh, for, let's say, mortgage interest rates. And also, in addition, I think, you know, what causes inflation? I think it could, it could be wrapped up into that same little thing. Well, there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? There. Right. So inflation is really just when when prices outpace productivity. That's that's okay. the bottom line. And and if you think about it in terms of uh, there's you know five people and you give each of them a hundred dollars and there's one candy bar in the room and well, what's you know what are they going to bid for that candy bar? Mm. Well, it's going to get pretty close to a hundred bucks. And then you give everybody an extra hundred dollars. Boom, right? right. The now price gonna, of that the candy price bar of the candy bar just up. went to two hundred, but there's still only one candy bar. Right. So what's happened is that that it erodes the buying power because there's no you're not buying any additional goods or services. 
with that extra hundred dollars, you're getting the same amount that you did before. It just costs twice as much. Mm. So that's okay. the, that's, that's a, a very good way, good way to explain it. And the, and the problem with inflation for investors is they're invested into a fixed security like bonds, like mortgage-backed securities. Uh, what happens to those investors' profits? Well, they get eroded. So right. that's what happens. So kind of like money the price of the earn, candy bar or the right. value of the candy bar. <laughs> the value of the, 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 of the dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good segue for this because yeah. the reason I was I was wanting to ask you, because back in uh, 2009, when after the bust occurred and quantitative easing began and we started buying mortgage-backed security, treasury securities, and all these things that were going on at the in the monetary policy side, right? So when this occurred, Greenspan was quoted in 2009, and he basically said, if this continues at this pace for just a little while longer, we're going to see significant inflation in 2012, right? So right. that was in 2009. Here we are, 2000. You aren't saying Greenspan was wrong, are you? 2013. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm saying it's delayed. Yeah. Uh, 2013. Okay. There's a gap. <laughs> There's a gap. He's on the Mayan watch. <laughs> <laughs> He's on a slower watch for sure. But here at 2013, reports just came out in February. The core inflation rate has dropped. Yeah. to 1.3%. So inflation is headed down. Right. Yeah, and that's problematic. So what's uh, what we would like to see is that there be a little bit of inflation because of economic activity heating up because that's that would be a telltale sign right. is that things are going is that that people are then bidding for these different resources and that's driving up prices and things are starting in a normal to pattern. In a normal in a, pattern. Right. And that's really why they tried to stimulate uh, using this quantitative easing. So they fl- they flush the market with money, with cash, thinking that that is going to be the thing that creates all this bidding activity and, and stimulation to the economy. And it just it hasn't worked as described. We've been treading water, and then some months have been uh, you know, positively trending, but we haven't seen that explosion that they really wanted to. This is a deeper issue than we have time for, um, but it's okay. We'll, we'll do what we can because I know that you know, when, when it came time to do a recovery package— and we had to we had to put all the chips on the table and say, you know what, we're in trouble. And it was when Obama, I guess, was just entering office. And they came – well, no, actually there was two stimuluses, the one that he was responsible for, and then there was the bailout. So I'm not talking about the bailout. I'm talking about the stimulus package that he was responsible right. for right. pushing through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people say we never should have done that. You know, there's 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 just this two schools of thought. There, we never should have done that. That's contributing to our problem. And then there's another school of thought, like the professor who came and spoke to us at the KMBA luncheon, a very intelligent gentleman who everybody Doctor Spiva, Doctor exactly. They said, you know what? The problem is it wasn't big enough, right? Because the hole was so huge from the consumer leaving the table that the government needed to come in and replace that. And so, because of politics, the package just did not co- come up to what was needed. What do you think about that? That is a tough topic, but yeah, this is going to be my opinion, but I do believe that, uh, that the stimulus could have been a a better, larger package or that we could have spent the money a little bit more wisely. Cause Mm -hmm. unfortunately it didn't go to a lot of, uh, projects I'd say that, that are, that are long lasting or, or, Mm -hmm. or long serving. So what happens when, when we hit this, uh, recession is that buyers leave the marketplace and our economy is based on consumerism there's, mm-hmm. there's no there's no two ways about it so people buying stuff stimulates activity when you're buying you know shoes then somebody has to make the shoes somebody has to you know people polish shoes because there's shoes that are out there people buy shoelaces yeah. or, or the, you buy a home then there's microwaves that are built there's refrigerators there's nails that are made there's Plasma you know, TVs. Plasma TVs <laughs> that it impacts the timber industry, drywall, right. you know, gypsum board, all these things. So there's all these just ripple effects. And so when the consumer gets out of the purchasing and and for good reason, because we we had a pretty big collapse, a lot of wealth was lost and a lot of uh, uh, you know, jobs were lost. Somebody needs to step in and take over that role if we want to get the economy moving again. Now the concern is that the government, once they get involved in something like the stimulus, they don't back out very well. And I think that history is pretty pretty clear on that. They very seldom do they right. turn their reins back over. But I think that that's the way that you need to work this. So we, we probably need a good bit of infrastructure work. We probably need some roads rebuilt, bridges rebuilt, mm-hmm. prepare for modern technology. 
And that would have been a great stimulus package. But one of the things that we say in, in just one of the reports that just came out and um, is the fact that we have, we're at an all-time high as far as production in this country. But wages, the, the gap between production and wages right now is, is at a historic gap between the two, which means that yeah. companies are, are hoarding cash and they're not transferring this wealth to the wage earner or they're not employing people. What's going on there? Why, and this really affects the housing because mm-hmm. eventually people aren't buying as much, like you said, the house. What, what's, what can we do? Is, what, what's the meaning of that? Well, that's, that's a great point. And what Mark's talking about is since uh, from about end of World War II up to about 1975, productivity and wages uh, moved in tandem. And it's pretty clear that since 75, there's been a, a, a pretty huge gap. And so here we are, you know, 40 plus years later and uh, wages have somewhat stagnated and maybe even uh, reversed in some areas, but productivity uh, has, has continued to move forward and corporate profits are also at a 40 year high. So, so what's happening or what's not happening is those profits are not being translated back into wages, which would be very helpful for the job market, et cetera. But one of the other problems is it's not also being employed in the economy because these these companies are hoarding cash, and if they were buying, they could pick up some of that slack as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do we fix that? Well, isn't well, there a certain point where production is going to need to have more employees to keep on producing their widgets? Well, <laughs> well absolutely. The outsourcing, too, is another thing that uh-huh. we try to well prevent that, I think, personally, because the production obviously is staying. We need it to stay here. And just because a company is producing more, it may be producing that product more in Singapore or wherever. So I think that, you know, like the Volkswagen plant that's down in Chattanooga, that's where I see as being the, one of the many uh, multi-tiered and pronged solutions is we need more industries like that to build more plants. And, and, and then in addition to that, certainly the wages need to follow suit with the productivity like we do at MIG. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's a great point, Kevin. Yeah. So what we do need is we need skilled jobs. So we did just go through a huge a huge phase where jobs were have been outsourced. And and a lot of that makes some economic sense. If uh if if you're making a, you know, a small good, it may not make sense to pay somebody $10 or $15 an hour in the United States. You may not be able to produce that product at a price point where people will actually buy it. Mm. And so it makes sense that some of those jobs would leave. But what we need to do is we need to replace those mm-hmm. with higher skilled jobs like the automobile plant. Right. That's a great that's a great example. Yeah. And if we can do that and stay in high tech and cutting edge type of businesses, there will always be, you know, jobs lost at the margin and and as we make transition, but what we need to do is take some of that capital and invest it in some of these higher tech jobs, higher tech industries. Yeah. And, and, and you find know, jobs that way. And, you know, it's amazing because you look at the leaders of all of the states, whether it be governors or senators or state senators, all the way down to the city council. I think that there's so many different ideas that are pulling people in so many different directions on what they think is the best way to get us jump started. And that's just the way America was built. I mean, we have differing views and that's part of what makes us great is that Mark has a different opinion than Jesse and Kevin has one, but together collectively we can come to an agreement and compromise and be able to put something forward that, that will benefit us all. And I, I think that that's something that's been lost. And I think that we've tended to kind of, you know, have a one party ruling system. And I don't think that's healthy. But we are going to come back and continue this exciting conversation after these messages right here on WOKI 98.7 News Talk of East Tennessee. You're a realtor and you need a dependable lender to give your clients accurate, reliable information Call one of the great advisors at Mortgage Investors Group. This is Halloran. Now for some good news. Rates are low. People are buying. As a realtor, you need someone you can count on to help your clients get the financing they need to get it sewed up and done. And that's where Mortgage Investors Group comes in. They've been Tennessee's leader in first-time lending nine years in a row. With rates where they are now, this is a great time to buy. 
Imagine a 15-year loan that has payments comparable to a 30-year loan. Mortgage Investors Group even has programs that don't require a big down payment. So now the thought of a big down payment doesn't have to get in the way of your client's American dream. Check out the all-new Mortgage Investors Group website at MIGonline.com for the location closest to you. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 22 years. Equal housing lender, mortgage license 109111. Putting East Tennessee back to work is what everyone wants, and Thermocopy knows it's up to businesses across the state to make it happen. That's why Thermocopy is proud to salute one of the businesses that is putting East Tennessee back to work right here, right now. Cozy Joe's Cafe and Coffee Loft has recently opened on Hardin Valley, one mile east of Pellissippi Parkway. They've hired 18 people to serve you gourmet coffees, quick and delicious breakfast, specialty sandwiches, soups, salads, and decadent desserts. Pick something up or relax in front of their two fireplaces and enjoy a great cup of coffee. Cozy Joe's Cafe and Coffee, one of the new businesses proud to be employing people in this area. This Putting East Tennessee Back to Work highlight is brought to you by Thermocopy, East Tennessee's premier provider of cutting-edge business technology. Call 524-1124 and set up an appointment to hear about their Printworks program. Printworks can reduce your copying and printing costs 10 to 30%. Their promise? Give you the lowest cost of ownership over the life of your Printworks contract, and you can take that to the bank. Thermocopy, information managed. Spring is just around the corner. Temperature begins to warm. Plants start to bloom. And truthfully, what's more fun than planting a garden with your family and letting your kids pick out the flowers? Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you make these precious memories come true for you. Whether it's a purchase or a refinance, we have the loan to fit your needs. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 1091. Are you in the market to purchase a new home? Many first-time home buyers and veterans qualify for 2 or 4% down payment grants from the Tennessee Housing Development Agency. THDA offers 30-year fixed-rate mortgages insured by FHA, VA, USDA, or conventional loans. For more information, please visit our website at www.thda.org. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Hey everyone, this is Kevin Ray with the Housing Hour, and we want you guys to call Josh White at Home Harvest. Josh can build a vegetable garden in your backyard any size that you want, and that's what he does. He can help design a plan for you and your garden. Call Josh today at Home Harvest, and that's at 865-712-2745. Home Harvest, 865-712-2745. Look for plenty of sunshine today. Highs around 61 degrees. For Sunday, mostly sunny. Highs around 68. On the VLT, Local Aid Weather Center, I'm Chief Meteorologist David Aldrich. Winner of eight Tennessee Associated Press Awards, including Best Radio News in the State. Again. WOKI-FM, Oliver Springs, Knoxville. News Talk 98.7, WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. I am Kevin Ray, and I am your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host. Thank you guys for coming back in and joining us. We certainly appreciate you guys listening to our show. And this show will definitely be found uh, here in about an hour right inside of thehousinghour.com. And you can locate thehousinghour.com uh, on the internet. <laughs> it's, sure a, can. it's a new, it's a new <laughs> super highway. Uh, but all seriousness, um, you can share this with friends or family. Um, this is an important show, I think, for, for a few different reasons. But the most important, I think, if you're thinking about buying a house and you're, or you're thinking about refinancing, I think that if you are in that position or you know somebody that is – it's a good time to to feel out where you where the rates are going to be. 
So one of the ways to do that is to gain information. And, and that's really what we're here to do is to help to give you the information and then you can make those decisions um, based upon the information. So before we get into our next segment, I wanted to tell you guys about a company that Mark and I definitely believe uh, very strongly in. And we had Jim and Joey on the show a couple of few weeks ago to talk about their new company, Knox Homes Magazine. And they are incredible. And the thing is, their product is free. So no inflation there for you. It's just you go pick it up and you go look at the pictures of the homes. And it's a great magazine. And, you know, Jim's been around for many years and he started a magazine here in Knoxville. He left and he came back and he is a, a pioneer, really, of uh, publications here in Knoxville. So if you guys are out there listening and you're a realtor and you want to advertise in a magazine from somebody that's local, that has a great reputation, and that does things the right way, I would highly recommend using Knox Homes. And you can call uh, Jim and Joey at 776-2428. And realtors and lenders too. Lenders, we advertise in there and we're happy with what the results that we're getting. So give Joey a call, 776 24 Two eight, and that's the Knox Homes Magazine. So um, let's get back into these uh, conversations that we're having. I think that one of the things that I wanted to do is bring it back home to why this is all so important to the consumer. And the consumer obviously hears a lot of things, and they hear a lot of things about inflation. They hear about deflation, and you know they might have to go to Investopedia.com to determine some of these uh, meanings. Um, which is what I just did. <laughs> so the one thing that I did want you to share um, about, Jesse, if you can, is about deflation, because that's one of those those terms that people hear, um, and it's the opposite of inflation. And back in, I guess, in the Great Depression, we saw like a negative 10% GDP or something like that. And obviously, we had deflation. So yep. give me an idea of, uh, of the short a short summary of what it is. So if we go back to our example with the candy bar, now the candy bar is $200 because everybody has $200 in their pocket. Deflation is just simply we take the $100 back out. Hmm. So the the value of the candy bar just got cut in half. It's the same candy bar. Nothing changed with the candy bar. It had to do with the supply of money that was in the room. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what deflation is. So it means that there's less money that's circulating through the economy, and that has a downward pressure downward impact on prices mm -hmm. and uh and it can be it can be dangerous well if anything that you're trying to sell if the prices continue to drop people may sit on the fence a little bit longer and wait until it hits the bottom so yeah. really when when things are excited and moving forward there's putting upward pressure on prices which is generally a good thing mm -hmm. uh, to stimulate activity and the exact opposite happens with there's if there's deflation so we just went through a deflationary period with the uh, with the economic problems that we had, mm -hmm. and, and especially in the housing market, a lot of us experienced some deflation in the asset that we own, and and, uh, and that's really why the Fed stepped in with quantitative easing, easing to try to stimulate that uh, and reverse that trend by adding cash into the marketplace. Yeah, and I think that that most people that that know just a little bit about inflation and deflation and they know about the economy and generally how it works and, and you know one of the things that people may or may not realize is that you know when you have a dollar bill you have a one dollar bill you might think that behind that is a piece of gold that's worth one dollar right that's kind of what i thought when i was young but really, that's not the case anymore. I mean, I can't remember who, in fact, did it. But now, basically, the money supply is something that we have um, almost, in a way, artificially injected. Um, and how does that affect the interest rates? When people in inject, that lowers the rates. Well, there's a big question. Yeah. Well, that we, <laughs> and that's what we've done. You know, we've we've purchased all of these, and so, and I think to Mark's point, when we've injected these these monies. Um, and the Fed's buying $65 billion worth of mortgage-backed securities every single month. Mm -hmm. And that has – what people may be concerned about is an inflation inside of the bond market causing a bond bubble. What do you think that means? Or is that happening? Or are we just, you know – well, the the bond bubble really happens. So there is a bond bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, the concept of the bond bubble right. is because there's all this artificial stimulus and how's the uh, government flushing the economy with all this cash as they're borrowing and then they're uh, putting that cash back into the economy. So the concern is that the, there's a bubble 
uh, an asset bubble that, in theory, could break. And, uh, and, and so what happens if that's the case? Well, if that happens, uh, if the bubble does, in fact, burst, then w- we probably experience very, very rapid rates of inflation. Mm. Um, the hyperinflation that you hear talk about. Yeah, it could be a hyperinflationary type of an event. Uh, and, and that would be any time that you have a large shock that happens in a very, very short period of time, it's going to be disruptive. So it would be very disruptive. Uh, it would obviously stall any uh, of the growth or potential growth that we have in our immediate future, and then we'd have to uh, look for some other type of a solution. So it would be very, very disruptive to the economy. But we see – so, okay, so we see this, this all this money pouring into the, the bonds, federal government leading the charge on the QE number four, maybe, uh, you could call it. <laughs> um, so we, we have all these bonds being purchased. The interest rates are going down. But we don't see necessarily uh, that translating into an expanding market. Inflation's going down. So, are we are we in and businesses are hoarding cash? Right. Are, are we in a liquidity trap? That's another loaded question. <laughs> Where do you guys just, come up with these things? <laughs> just thought so, I'd throw this out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the liquidity trap. The liquidity trap happens uh, when you have that scenario where there's actually uh, plenty of money in the economy but nobody's taking advantage of it. And in this case, the money that's being hoarded or, or a good bit of it is actually at the corporate level. Like I, we just discussed, uh, we're about 40-year high in corporate profits, and, and there is lots and lots of cash sitting on the sidelines. And uh, But it's not been reinvested into these capital goods, and it's not been uh, reimposed. Uh, engaged in employment activity, so hiring more people or expanding your business. And so, in theory, you know, we might be at, in or near a liquidity trap type situation where there's all this money that's out there and it's so cheap to borrow it, but nobody's taking advantage of it. And that's mm. what the liquidity trap is. There's too much well, liquidity, but nobody's taking advantage of it. So it's not stimulating the economy the way that it's supposed to. So I think what I think people should do to learn about the liquidity factor is they need to go to thehousinghour.com and read the three-part series that Mark wrote called The Liquidity Factor. And it's extraordinary, and it is um, researched, and that's where he, he did all this research, see, over the last few weeks. But he already knew a lot about it. But it's a really well-written um, three-part series, correct? Yeah, the third part yeah. kind of speaks to what inflation can do mm-hmm. to an industry and to our country. Because the SNL collapse, as I document in that, mm-hmm. is my opinion. But I ga- gained that opinion because of our other uh, executive uh, and you vice interviewed president, Steve, Steve Smith, Smith. Right. So, that so, piece so of it. that's his... So it's his fault if you're wrong. It, that's <laughs> correct. Kidding. That's correct. I'm just a reporter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, I wanted to I wanted to give that plug because um, it it's just been had rave reviews and also um, the other the history of the American suburbia, which is another fascinating article talking about how suburbia was created and talking mm-hmm. about the Levitt Town, Levitt yes. Brothers, and and how that was really the first huge sub- subdivision. And, and it's just amazing stuff. So I'd recommend that you go talk about that. But then also as a part of the liquidity trap potential, and then also Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac talking about what's going to happen there. you know. And I, I think that some people maybe jumped the gun when they said they wanted to dissolve them and um, you know, disarm them or whatever they called it. I think that there needs to be a more um, steady approach. And um, I think I like a lot of what uh, Senator Corker um, proposed. There's some things I do like and some things I don't like. And we're going to put that interview up, the exclusive interview that the Housing Hour had with him. Um, but Jesse, what do you think? Um, looking at putting your thinking cap on, I mean, what's going to happen with Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae? For the for the average consumer that's listening, you know, it's, it's a, such a a very important piece of lending and the money chain and getting the money in your hands. What's going to happen with them? Do you think? Uh, it is, it's a hugely important because it creates uh, what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac do is they create guidelines for the industry as far as lending criteria. And what those guidelines do is they uh, promote liquidity in the marketplace Prior to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, it would be that you would go down to your bank, and if you went to the bank on this corner, you might get a different deal than a bank on that corner. And what they have done is they have standardized uh, what these guidelines are so that other buyers will be interested in 
investing in these uh, in these mortgage backed right. securities. And so, if you think of it like a kind of like a farmer's market, when you go to the farmer's market, you want to see apples of a general grade. You know, they're generally shiny. They're all pretty much the you same. You don't want worms. Granny Smith. You don't, you don't want any worms. Worms are the subprime. Smith. That's exactly right. You don't want to see any of those rotten spots on the apples or any worms popping their head out. And that's really what they've done. They created this kind of a farmer's market uh, for mortgage-backed securities. I love it. And it creates this huge amount of, uh, of liquidity. And that keeps rates low for borrowers because the guidelines are generally standard. Uh, you know, it's a pretty big box that, that that they've drawn that the the borrower can fit in. And if you fit in here, well, then you're able to be packaged into a uh, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac security and sold off into a an MBS, and then some other capital partner can use that to uh, uh, as an investment vehicle. So it don't want to overuse the word, but it creates liquidity. Mm-hmm. And so if they were to leave, then we're going to have to solve that problem because right now- Then there's a liquidity void. <laughs> then mm-hmm. there is a liquidity void. Right. In our housing market, even though it did experience a, a, a great bit of turmoil over the last few years, it still is the envy of the world. Most places would love to be able to have the American dream of mm-hmm. owning their own home. And in many, many countries, it is just not feasible- and the reason it's not feasible is because they don't have this type of a mechanism. Right. Well, I think that I would direct people to part one of the liquidity factor, I believe. And um, Mark quotes George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. And basically in that boardroom scene, everybody knows it. And he's speaking to Mr. Potter and the fact that Mr. Potter wants to do away basically with the lending that he has been doing to people who didn't have maybe the large down payment. So I think that it it speaks to kind of looking now into current day is that people that say they want to take away Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, well, that's been the conduit between... You're saying they're Mr. Potter. Maybe, (laughs) not necessarily, but they're, they're the conduit between... The person who only has maybe a few thousand dollars. Right. And then also that American dream, buying that home. So we need to have a standardized product. We need to have the ability to invest in these these type of products. And the investors need to know that this is this is a, a good system that's in place. So regardless of, of where it ends up, we have to have that mechanism. And if we take that away, the void, the liquidity void, which may be part nine right. when we write that, uh, but uh, liquidity void, we get into deflation because we collapse, don't we? If we don't, if we are, our housing economy, we don't lend and we don't build and we don't do all this. Yeah, well, yeah. How can we survive? Point. It's gonna be it's gonna be very very difficult. It'll, it'll torches, put a lot of torches. <laughs> <laughs> it'll put a lot of pressure on the housing industry. Yeah. That's for sure. Because yeah. what's gonna happen is you're gonna go to three or four or five different banks and you're gonna get three or four or five different answers and it's gonna be very very confusing. Most of them know. Yeah. Well, if you come to Mortgage Investors Group, you're going to get one answer. And the one answer is that we're going to take your information and we're going to direct you on exactly what we can and can't do. And if we can't do something, we were going to give you a plan and help you uh, to get to that point where you can uh, meet your goals. But we want to thank Jesse uh, for coming in and sharing his thoughts with us and his knowledge. It's been great. And I also really want you guys to go out there to the housing hour and please go look at those uh, that's that three-part series that Mark wrote. It's excellent. And thank you to Mortgage Investors Group and to all of our sponsors and to all of our listeners. We'll see you next week right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.